The Jewish Ghetto For centuries, Rome's Jewish ghetto has been the site of both relentless persecution and the undying pride and solidarity of a tight-knit community. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Thanks for joining me on a walk through this often overlooked part of Rome. The ghetto, established in 1555 on the banks of the Tiber River, was the forced home of the Roman Jewish population for more than 300 years. Though most of the old ghetto has been torn down, you can still find a few reminders of the Roman Jews' rich past and lively present. On this one-hour walk, we'll visit the heart of the neighborhood. We'll see Rome's main synagogue with its museum of religious items. We'll also see an impressive ancient ruin from the era of Emperor Augustus and a fountain by Bernini. We'll walk the main street past kosher restaurants, enticing bakeries, and Jewish-themed shops. And we'll see the ghetto today, inhabited by both old folks following traditional ways and busy young professionals in this neighborhood in transition. How to use this audio guide. As you can see from the display window on your MP3 player, each of the Jewish ghetto's greatest hits has its own title and track number, much like the song tracks of a music CD or album. You can skip ahead or tailor your itinerary to your own tastes. But navigating through the Jewish ghetto on your own can be confusing, and it's easiest to just follow the tour in the order I've laid out. To help you, I've invited my colleague Lisa along. Welcome, Lisa. Buongiorno and shalom. She'll give directions from one site to the next. After listening to Lisa's directions, you can pause the audio guide, then restart it at the next track when you're ready for the next site. Be aware that even with the very best of directions, things can change. If you're taking this tour with my Rick Steves Audio Europe app, don't miss its latest features. There are zoomable maps showing the route in each stop. These are viewable while you listen. A 20-second rewind button allows you to catch something you might have missed or hear vital directions a second time. And the speed button makes me talk faster, chipmunk style. You can read the actual script of this tour, and if you'd like more information on the spot, you can download our entire guidebook on this destination with a couple of clicks. Those following this tour on their iPod rather than with my fancier app may find that my guidebook to this place, with its maps, photos, and exhibit titles, can make following this audio tour easier. Be flexible, and don't hesitate to show the picture of a site to a local or one of your fellow travelers and ask for help. Dove? That's Italian for where is. And per favore. That means please. Dove, per favore. And one little request. Forgive my pronunciations. I anglicize them for easier understanding and because I'm still learning. Now, let's head to the Jewish ghetto and get started. Lisa, take us in. Thanks, Rick. Avanti. The tour begins. Ponte Fabricio and the history of the ghetto. The Jewish ghetto lies on the right bank of the Tiber River, near Isola Tiberina, the island in the middle of the Tiber. Start at the north end of Ponte Fabricio, the bridge over the river at the island. By the way, the colorful Trastevere district is just over the bridge. Rick's audio tour for that neighborhood starts on this same bridge. But right now, we're heading for the ghetto. From the bridge, you can see the big synagogue with its square dome standing amid palm trees. The former ghetto consists of the synagogue and the several blocks behind it. 
Stand on the bridge enjoying views of the Tiber, the riverbank, and the synagogue while Rick sets the scene for this guided walk. Rick? Thanks, Lisa. In ancient times, the Ponte Fabricio was called Pons Judaicum, or Jews' Bridge, because Jews would commute across this bridge to get into town. Back then, the Jewish community was not persecuted, and they didn't live in a ghetto, but in Trastevere, on the opposite bank. Rome's first Jews were welcomed as esteemed envoys, having arrived from the Holy Land in the 2nd century BC to establish business ties here in Rome. Julius Caesar favored the Jews because they were well-networked throughout the empire and they didn't push their religion on others. Though they weren't persecuted, these early Jews, like all foreigners and immigrants, were forced to live outside the city center. They settled in Trastevere, creating a thriving and prosperous community of 30,000 people. As the empire expanded, things changed for Rome's Jews. The province of Judea, present-day Israel, proved to be rebellious. After Rome invaded Judea in the first century A.D., the POWs were sold into slavery, and Jews living in Rome were viewed with suspicion. As Christianity enveloped Rome and the Pope became literally the king of Rome's Jews, the Jews experienced discrimination. There were laws intended to limit the spread of Judaism, such as no proselytizing, no new synagogues, and no intermarriage. The severity of these laws varied from Pope to Pope. Still, Through most of the Middle Ages, Rome's Jews prospered and were often held in high regard as physicians, businessmen, and confidants of popes. But anti-Semitism began increasing throughout Europe. In Spain in 1492, all of that country's Jews were either baptized or expelled, with similar decrees following in other European countries. By the 1500s, the Catholic Counter-Reformation, begun to combat rising Protestantism, turned its attention to anything deemed a heresy or simply not Catholic, and that included Judaism. By 1555, the Pope decided something needed to be done to contain the perceived threat of the city's Jews. Before we head into the ghetto, look down at the river. These days it's calm and contained. But before the steep concrete embankment was built in the late 19th century, this was the worst flood zone along the Tiber. The right bank was often flooded, making it one of Rome's least desirable neighborhoods, and just right for a ghetto for the politically powerless. Leave the bridge and cross the busy road. Go to the yellow church directly across from the Ponte Fabricio Bridge. Santa Maria della Pietà. When the ghetto was a walled-in town, this church stood at one of the entrances. In 1555, Pope Paul IV forcibly moved all of Rome's Jews into the undesirable flood zone here, inside the bend of the Tiber River, creating a ghetto. Some 4,000 Jews were packed into a miserable seven acres of mucky real estate. There they lived, in cramped conditions, behind a wall with a curfew for three centuries. They could go out by day, but had to return before the gates were locked every night. Jews were forced to wear yellow scarves and caps, and were prohibited from owning property or holding good jobs. During Carnival, that's like Mardi Gras, they were forced to parade down Rome's main drag, Via del Corso, while Christians lined the street and shouted insults. 
The Church of Santa Maria della Pietà was one of several Catholic churches encircling the ghetto that tried to spread their Christian faith to the Jews. Notice the Hebrew script under the crucifix. All day long, it reads, quoting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 2, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and faithless nation that has lost its way. The plaque is quoting the words of the Jewish prophet Isaiah, but misuses them to give it an anti-Semitic twist. Now head for the synagogue with the big square dome. By the way, the word ghetto is Italian. It was first used in Venice in the 1600s to describe the part of town where Jews lived near the copper foundry. Ghetto came from getare, to cast. Initially, the term meant only Jewish neighborhoods. But as the word spread through Europe and beyond, it was used generically to mean any neighborhood where a single ethnic group is segregated. The synagogue's main entrance faces the river. The admission price includes the Jewish museum and a guided synagogue visit. Note that the synagogue and museum are closed on Saturday, and modest dress is required to go inside, either for a prayer service or on a tour through the museum. Whether you enter or not, Rick will briefly describe the synagogue inside and out. The Synagogue and the Jewish Museum For the three centuries when Jews were forced to live in the ghetto, the community's center was the synagogue, built on this site. In 1870, when the ghetto was officially closed, Rome's Jews were offered better real estate for a new synagogue, but they chose instead to rebuild right here. This new Synagogue of Emancipation from 1904 was built in a remarkable three years with the enthusiastic support of the entire Roman community. If you decide to enter, you'll see an impressive dome. It's square to distinguish it from a Christian church. The inside is painted with the colors of the rainbow, symbolic of God's promise to Noah that there would be no more floods. Stars on the ceiling recall God's pledge that Abraham's descendants would flourish and be as many as the stars in the sky. The interior feels a lot like a church because it was designed by Christian architects. It's Art Nouveau with a dash of Tiffany. The sandy color tones are a reminder of the community's desert heritage. The museum shows off historically significant artifacts described in English. You'll see 2nd century B.C. reliefs with Jewish symbols, finely worked religious items, and other elements of Judaica, or Jewish-themed historical and literary objects. As the Jews were not allowed to be craftsmen during the ghetto period, they had to commission many of the pieces you'll see from some of the finest Christian artists of that time. The museum also shows a film in English of the Nazi occupation of Rome. More on that bit of history in a moment. As you tour the synagogue and museum, keep in mind the 300 years when this was the cultural heart of a segregated ghetto. Through this long stretch of oppression, the synagogue was the only place Jews could feel respected and dignified. It's no wonder such loving attention was given to the Jewish tools of worship. When you're ready to move on, explore deeper into today's ghetto. Return to the yellow church of Santa Maria della Pietà. When you reach the church, turn left. Walk away from the river, heading north toward some ancient Roman ruins. 
As you walk, you may notice security measures around the synagogue. Heavy concrete planter boxes that double as car bomb barriers, policemen in kiosks, and video cameras on the fences. Because of divisive Middle East politics and lingering anti-Semitism, the threat of terrorism is always present. As you approach the Roman ruins, pause in the small square in front of the ruins, a piazza called Largo 16 Ottobre. Largo 16 Ottobre, 1943. This square is named for the sad day in 1943 when persecution once again struck the ghetto. In the 19th century, Rome's Jews had enjoyed a little boost in freedom. When Napoleon occupied the city in the early 1800s, he relaxed discriminatory laws. In 1848, the ghetto walls were physically torn down. But it was only after Italian unification in 1870 when a secular government replaced the religious rule of the Vatican that the ghetto's inhabitants were granted full rights and citizenship. When Rome became the country's capital, the city, ashamed of its shoddy Jewish quarter, destroyed the old ghetto and modernized the district, giving it the street plan we see today. Then came the rise of fascism. Even though Mussolini wasn't rabidly anti-Semitic, he instituted a slew of anti-Jewish laws as he allied himself more strongly with Hitler. When Mussolini was deposed in 1943, Nazi Germany occupied Rome. Suddenly, the ghetto community was in even greater danger. In the fall of that year, Nazi trucks parked here in the square and threatened to take the Jews to concentration camps unless the community came up with 50 kilos of gold, that's 110 pounds, in 24 hours. Everyone, including non-Jewish Romans, tossed in their precious gold, and the demand was met. The Nazis took the gold, and later they broke their promise and took the Jews as well. On the day this community will never forget, October 16, the Nazis started rounding residents up in this piazza. Of the 13,000 ghetto dwellers, 2,000 were sent off to concentration camps. Only a handful came back, and the ghetto never really recovered. A measure of healing and reconciliation came with Pope John Paul II, who took a special interest in fostering relations with the Jewish community. It was he who finally acknowledged that the Church should have intervened to defend the Jews during the Holocaust. He was also the first pope in history to enter a synagogue, this one, where he made a visit of reconciliation in 1986. John Paul II's final letter before he died was to Rome's emeritus rabbi, thanking him for allowing the pope to initiate this Catholic-Jewish rapprochement he felt was so long overdue. The Big Ancient Ruin is the Portico de Ottavia. Portico de Ottavia. This monumental gateway of columns supporting a triangular pediment shows the many layers of history in this neighborhood. The portico dates from around 27 BC, long before the establishment of the Jewish ghetto. It was built by soon-to-be Emperor Augustus and named for his sister, Octavia. It was part of a covered colonnade, nearly 150 yards long, providing a place where patrons of the nearby Theater of Marcellus could gather. 
flanked by temples and libraries, the passageway served as a kind of cultural center. After Rome's fall, the portico housed a thriving fish market, or pescaria. In the 8th century, the ruins became incorporated into the Church of San Angelo in Pescaria. For centuries, this Christian church was packed every Saturday with Jews, forced by decree to listen to Christian sermons. Notice the faded bits of Christian fresco on the arch. Also, check out the doorway under the arch at number 25. Locals love to tell of the poor old woman who refused to sell her land and now owns this priceless bit of real estate that includes the ancient arch. To the left of the portico runs the main drag of today's ghetto. We'll head there soon. But first, go to the bridge on your right to look down at the level of the street in ancient Roman times. From the bridge, you get a fine view of the Theater of Marcellus, which predates the Colosseum. Beyond it is the tree-topped Capitol Hill. Just over the bridge, the former church oratory is now a wedding registry shop. If it's open, pop in and see who's getting married when and admire their choice of table setting. Now walk around the arch and start heading west down the main street of the ghetto, the Via del Portico de Ottavia. Don't go too fast. The heart of the action is only about a block long. Via del Portico di Ottavia, the ghetto's main drag. This main drag is a fine place to get a taste of yesterday's ghetto and today's Rome. From the start, near the Roman arch, look down the street. On the left is a new building from 1911. On the right, in the distance, is the only surviving line of old ghetto building fronts. Imagine today's street as it was then, much narrower as it is at the far end today. Walking down the street, notice kosher restaurants proudly serving karchofi, that's artichokes, which only Jewish grandmothers can cook properly, and shops of fine, locally produced Judaica. You might see posters for community events, a few men wearing yarmulkes, and political graffiti, both pro- and anti-Israel. The Palestine Liberation Organization, or PLO, attacked this area in 1982, and a police presence has been here ever since. After a block, you reach the center of the district. Look right down Via San Ambrogio to see an old surviving street. Looking down this lane, imagine the density of the population here, the flood muck and the squalor of the past. The pedestrianized square ahead is where older folks hang out together and shoot the breeze, sometimes even bringing their favorite folding chairs from home. Browse around. The big yellow building on the left houses the Jewish school. Back on the right, at number seven, there's a gallery that generally features modern Israeli artists. At its door is a prayer capsule. Residents touch it as they come and go to recall their Jewish creed. Pause here, in the center of the ghetto, and take in the scene. Today, of Italy's 35,000 Jews, nearly half call Rome home. Though the Jewish community has long since dispersed all over Rome, most Roman Jews continue to spend time in this neighborhood to enjoy the strong feeling of community that survives. 
Roman Jews have a unique style of worship and even preserve remnants of their own Judaic-Roman dialect. That's because, unlike most of the world's Jewish people, Roman Jews are neither Sephardic, descended from Spain, nor Ashkenazi, descended from Eastern Europe. Italy's Jews came directly from the Holy Land before the Diaspora. Let's move on and explore a little more. Opposite the big school, take a one-block detour down Via della Reginella. Notice that most of the buildings you pass have six floors. But when you reach number 28, the six-floor buildings end, and though the buildings stay the same height, they become more elegant and spacious three-floor buildings. This marks the end of the ghetto. Continue for a moment out of the ghetto to the end of the lane. In the square, Piazza Matei, is a fun fountain. It's an old mannerist work which was later embellished with turtles by Bernini. It said that Bernini cared about the Jews and honored them with the symbol of a turtle, a tough and ancient creature that carried all its belongings on its back. Return to the main drag, Via del Portico di Ottavia, and turn right, where you'll soon find a bar called Bar Toto. As you backtrack through this residential area, realize that the neighborhood has become trendy recently and apartment prices are now well beyond the means of most members of this Jewish community. Ironically, when the ghetto was cleared back in 1870, only the richest Jews could afford to relocate. And because the poor had to stay, their descendants today have enjoyed the healthiest real estate appreciation. When you get back to Via del Portico di Ottavia, turn right and find Bar Toto. More sights on Via del Portico di Ottavia. Near the doorway of Bartoto, you'll see a little slot in the wall. This is a ghetto-era charity box for orphans, and it still accepts donations for worthy causes. The ancient relief above the box marks the home of a big shot who, at the start of the Renaissance age, before the ghetto's establishment in 1555, plugged this chunk of ancient Rome into his facade for prestige. A bit further down the street, at number one, Another piece of ancient marble depicts a lion attacking a gazelle. Notice the big stone inset with the Latin inscription dated MMCCXX. Yes, that's the year 2220. And no, it's not from the future. It marks the years since the birth of Rome in 753 BC, meaning it was carved in, let's see, 2220 minus 753, yes, AD 1467. At the next intersection, Piazza Costaguti, look down to find the white decorative square in the cobbles. On your right is a traditional Jewish bakery. Go inside to check out the braided challah bread, cheesecakes, almond paste-filled macaroons, and Jewish pizzas, like little two-euro fruitcakes. Just beyond the bakery, the curving white-columned structure is part of a former Carmelite convent. Imagine the outrage of the Jewish community when the church built a convent and a Catholic school here in the midst of the ghetto to preach to their children and forced locals to attend Mass. Pop into the tunnel-like alleyway next to the convent. In the evocative little courtyard, imagine the tight conditions of thousands of Jews living in this small seven-acre area. As you make your way back to the main square, 
think back on how many changes this neighborhood has seen. From ancient times when it was a swamp-ridden flood zone, to the medieval era when Jews and Christians tentatively settled here. Then came three dark centuries of persecution, when Jews were forced to live within ghetto walls. In the 19th century, the neighborhood was opened up, the new synagogue was built, and the Jewish community thrived. Then they suffered through Mussolini and the Nazi occupation. But in recent times, the ghetto has rebounded. Today, it's the vibrant anchor of Rome's tight-knit Jewish community. We hope you enjoyed your walk through Rome's Jewish ghetto. If you're in the mood to extend this walk, we also have an audio guide walking tour of Trastevere, which starts on the same bridge as this walk. And check out our other Rome audio tours of the Colosseum, Forum, Pantheon, Sistine Chapel, St. Peter's Basilica, Ostia Antica, and Pompeii. This tour was excerpted from the Rick Steves Rome Guidebook, co-authored with Gene Openshaw. For more details on eating, sleeping, and sightseeing in Rome, refer to this year's edition of that guidebook. For more free audio tours and podcasts, and for information about our TV shows, bus tours, and travel gear, visit our website at ricksteves.com. Thanks to Michaela Pavoncello, a guide here in the ghetto, and Gene Openshaw, co-authors of this tour. This tour was produced by Cedar House Audio Productions. Grazie. Buon viaggio. And shalom. shalom.